founders. Welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. All right, founders, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Manuel Suarez, the founder and CEO of AGM Agency, a full-service social media marketing agency that focuses on helping brands acquire the most valuable commodity today, attention. In five short years, AGM Agency made its way to the Inc. 5000 list, which applauds the fastest-growing companies today in the country. After putting in two years of sweat equity and seeing sales figures take off, he realized that his life had a purpose. Now, with a mission to help small businesses get the most out of their online presence, AGM Agency's goal is to help over 10,000 small businesses grow tenfold with their help and knowledge in the digital marketing world. With humble beginnings, Manuel and AGM Agency is a true success story. And here to share his journey and lessons learned is Manuel Suarez. So Manuel, thank you for being here, my friend. Drew, I appreciate you having me on board. Appreciate it being, being a part of the show. Looking forward to it. Same. So we took our stab at, you know, getting to understand your origin story, but I'd love to hear in your own words, how did this company get started? Well, uh, I'm definitely um, a, a good example for those people that have not been a part of the system and how they, they can um, have hopes that they can succeed outside the system. I actually... I'm thinking about writing a book called How to Succeed Outside the System uh, because um, I grew up uh, being completely disinterested in education. I hated, uh, I wasn't dumb particularly. I just really did hate the whole subject of schooling. I was interested in sports and girls and a bunch of other things that we're not going to talk about today, but definitely not not a uh, an upstanding citizen of society for most of my life. Um, and um, I think things started changing when I started forming a family. So at the age of uh, 21, I started you know, calming down after a very intense teenage year passed. Uh, and um, I found a wife and I found uh, a family and I started having kids. I had a stable job and that job was um, giving me enough survival. I was working in a consulting organization and um, I had no career, no degree, no evidence of success, no nothing. And then somewhere around 2007, the economy starts collapsing. I was um, uh, given a house or I was approved for a house that was worth $200,000, which I should have never been approved for uh, because I could not afford that, making 500, 600 bucks a week. I still uh, was given a house. And uh, this is what the uh, the world has come to know as the subprime mortgage market in the United States. So I think I was one of the last people in that industry, in that in that world, uh, to be approved of a house that they didn't qualify for. I always joke that I think I was the last one to ever be approved. Um, and then the market fell apart. So 2007, 2008, we lost everything. At that point, I already had two kids. I uh, had a baby and a two-year-old. And uh, it's not only about myself. I had to figure something else out. And the necessity drove my motivation to try to find a way out. And I spent uh, a good two years hustling, trying to figure out solutions and um, doing some uh, simple jobs. And I went into real estate and I failed just trying to do several things on, on that particular market. And I went to the stock market and I failed. And uh, somewhere around 2000. 10, um, I, I got connected with my father after several years of not really being close with him. He had written a book on the subject of metabolism and um, he had a brand that he had created in Puerto Rico and it was only in Puerto Rico. In 2001, he created this brand called Natural Slim in which he himself, he was an overweight individual that could not get the help to lose weight. Uh, and he decided to study the subject. So he got passionate about it and he developed a system and he started helping people. This guy, this is a guy that had no nutrition background. He was not a doctor. He was no expert. He just decided to get educated in the subject. And he discovered along the way that he was a good writer. So he wrote a book and the book was successful. So in 2010, we took that 
um, initial knowledge that he had in that brand. And we created a company in the United States, my wife, myself, and him called Natural Slim. And um, we started looking at opportunities and I became obsessed with the art and science of capturing attention. I, I understood that if we got attention, we were going to be able to survive. And I understood that enough. At that time, Facebook was starting to take off and there was organic reach and things were very different. It's just like 12 years ago, but things were quite different to what they are today. Very similar opportunities, but quite different. Uh, I started doing things to get my dad in front of the camera to produce content around the subject of metabolism. And I became his go-to marketing guy. And I started pushing him because he, he had an ability to communicate. So 2012 is the first uh, major breakthrough. We created a YouTube channel, uh, which still today, a decade into it, is alive and well. Um, that YouTube channel is called Metabolismo TV. Uh, and uh, we, was 2014, 15, the whole thing starts taking off. And our brand starts getting attention. So around that time, uh, we generated our first million dollars in revenue in the company, and um, we're starting to catch fire. We do serve as a Latin American community around the world, specifically in the United States of America. And I realized that I was good in the subject of marketing. So by making my dad get in front of people, uh, get a lot of attention from people, get a lot of eyeballs, people consuming the content, content going viral on Facebook, or going, content exploding on YouTube, our channel starts to catch fire in a big way. That led towards people asking me about what I was doing. And in 2017, five years ago, almost going on six, uh, I created a company called AGM, which stands for Attention Grabbing Media, which basically uh, was the marketing company for Natural Slim. At that point, I wasn't the only marketer. At that point, I created a company to market for Natural Slim. And I started taking in clients and helping them accomplish a similar success that I've accomplished for my dad. Fast forward 2022, our company this year, Natural Slim, is going to do $50 million. It did 42 last year. Uh, we've been wow. growing, we've been growing like crazy. We did $75 million last year internationally, 42 in the United States. And um, we generate Potentially, at this point, we're doing about 75 million views a month on our social media platforms, including YouTube. Even um, beyond my father, because my father passed away uh, uh, early 2021, uh, a little bit over a year ago, a year and four months ago, we lost him as the powerful figure that he was. And um, we're still going strong. And it just proves the importance of being able to build a following or building a presence or building a, a content system that goes beyond one body. So my dad today reaches more people than he did while he was alive and it still feeds our organization. So marketing, the marketing agency, the company AGM, uh, we have over hundred staff, like you mentioned at the beginning, we accomplished the uh, Inc. 5000 status. We were the 26th fastest growing marketing company, private marketing company in America last year. Wow. And we're really good in the subject of capturing attention. We're really obsessed with the subject of attention. And we're always looking for opportunities for getting more attention because we always know that when you scale attention, you scale revenue. If you're not scaling, you simply don't have enough attention. And we obsess over that subject. And there's many opportunities that we can talk about. Okay. One, I am I'm just amazed at the story. Um, and I want to spend a bulk of our conversation learning from you as much as possible around the art and science of capturing attention. I think there's anyone listening to this podcast would benefit from that. But before that, I want to focus on you just an, another minute or two. You survived a lot. The, the humble beginnings, the, like you said, even the mistakes maybe made in teenage years and having an education system that didn't really know how to actualize your potential, but then also the failures that you went through when you first started kind of jumping into your entrepreneurial uh, adventure, right? Trying real estate, trying stock, all that kind of stuff. And so how, my, I guess my question is, how did you develop the grit or how did you make it through those challenges to where you are today? You know, people talk about, you got to find your passion. You got to find your passion, right? Just go ahead and find your passion and you'll succeed. But in reality, uh, that's out of sequence. Finding your passion is not the first step on that journey. This is a very, very important and powerful point, uh, which I'll communicate. And I think it might help some of you guys that are trying to figure out what your path should look like. 
you know what I did find? I found a need to survive and I found necessity level to make myself better. Because at that point, it was only, it wasn't only about me. Again, I am self-made. I did find opportunities. There is a, there's a philosopher that I followed. Um, you know, I, I've studied a lot of his knowledge over the years. It's a very famous old school philosopher called Seneca. He talks about what does it mean to get lucky? Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Yes. So yes, I had gotten really lucky along the way. I am 100% self-made, but there are some connections that happen along the way that if they don't happen, I am not where I'm at today. One example would be my father. I took advantage of a unicorn, a great content creator, the guy that had an ability to communicate. These, these guys don't exist much. There's not many of them. Today, I got an opportunity and I get to work with some of the best. Like some of these guys are like massive unicorns. I worked with Damon John for a long time. I worked with uh, Dr. Eric Burke. He's been my client for five years. I worked with like, obviously, um, even Nancy Cartwright. She's the voice of Bart Simpson. Most talented uh, voiceover artist you will ever see. Oh, that's epic. She's amazing, right? So I, I have gotten the privilege uh, to work with some very incredible unicorns. But if I wasn't prepared to work with them, opportunity would have not happened. As simple as that. Like if Dr. Berg tells me, if you guys don't know who Dr. Berg is, just look him up. He is potentially the biggest health influencer on planet Earth. Uh, he, we have a YouTube channel that's about to hit 8 million subscribers. Uh, you're not going to find many of those. Uh, we are generating 300,000 new subscribers every 28 days on YouTube alone. And he does seven videos a week and he's an incredible powerhouse and we manage everything for him here and absolute genius content creator. If I am not prepared to give my value to that guy, I wouldn't be talking about that story, right? Because he would have tried to give me um, some opportunity to help him. I would have failed and go back to the drawing board lose your opportunity. So getting prepared is essential. Now, going back to how did I get prepared? How do I, how did I get started for that? It's very simple. It all goes back to a moment in which economy collapse. I don't have a career. I was, I was working uh, as a consultant. Um, I was in, an, in a consulting business and I was basically an assistant delivering services and I was getting paid per hour. And I walk into, uh, again, this is the middle, in the middle of the meltdown. Anybody that's young enough, Drew, you look like you're pretty young, but you, you probably remember what happened around this time, right? 2007, 2008. Yeah. You remember? You yeah. do? Well, I was graduating college in 2008. Okay. All right. So I was already living life with a responsibility over kids wow. and uh, having to provide for them. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's, it's different because it's not just you. So I look at them and I'm like, man, I got I to gotta make these guys survive. If, they don't, if, if I don't make it, they don't make it. So the responsibility viewpoint, right? Like it's, you know, it's just greater than me. Like you coming out of college, Drew, if you fail, well, you know, you don't have any kids yet. You can couch pick, surf, you can, you can make it work. Yeah. Pick yourself up and go and get going again, right? Like in my yeah. case, man, here's my moment. I go to, I go to, go back to work. I have a $2,000 mortgage. I actually, back in the day, when they were doing this, they, the, the subprime mortgage market was such a criminal thing to do. I had two mortgages. One of them was for $150,000 and the other one was for $50,000. One payment was $1,500 and the other one was $500. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, I'm making $2,400 a month uh, before taxes. My wife is making another $2,000. Um, it's ridiculous to have a property that's going to cost you two grand. It's, it's just absurd. Oh, yeah. But that's what I had. I'm a ridiculous type of guy. I've always been like that. And I take risks that most people don't. Um, I went to the bank and I said, uh, can I buy that house? And they said, sure. Uh, what's your credit score? 600, non-existent. Uh, down payment? None. I can give you zero. Fine. Go ahead and sign over here. It, it's criminal, right? Stupid. That's what happened. What well, it was happening around that time. So I was working paycheck to paycheck. They, uh, I go to the, go to the office, uh, to work. Um, true story guys. I don't think I've talked about this specific details enough, but I go to the office and I want to get my check. It's an exciting day. It's paycheck. Right. And I walk in and I see my paycheck and instead of being, um, it's two week paycheck, instead of being like $1,200 minus taxes, um, it's like 600 minus taxes. They, they cut it in half. So because it was a minimum wage and because I was only working per hours that I delivered the consulting for, 
they felt entitled to cut my pay in half. So at that moment, it was like, oh my God, right? My mortgage is due to my due. Uh, it's my last day. If you guys have mortgages, you know that you have a, depending on the company, you usually have a 15 day grace period or something like that. If it's on the first, you got to pay it on the 15 or you're done. Uh, it starts accumulating the, the delinquency. So that next day was the 15th. I couldn't pay for it. And I'm like, I look at my wife and I said, baby, you know, we got two choices here. It looks like things are going to get dark. Uh, I either don't pay the mortgage and put these $2,000 that I'm going to make this month in my pocket um, between you and I, or, um, and I buy my, and buy our and I buy food and diapers for our kids, or I don't buy diapers and I pay the mortgage and we figure out somehow how to survive. And at that point, point we decided. So that moment was a game changing moment because I realized, okay, you know, I'm going into this moment in which I either succumb and become a failure, become a loser, or I find how to get myself uncomfortable and step it into a new area. So that began the journey. So at that point, Drew, uh, it, I was not going to make it on my first attempt, but I knew I was going to make it at some point. I did not know when I was going to make it. I just knew I was going to make it because when I looked at my kids, my love, my passion for these kids was so strong, was so powerful that I knew I was going to make it. Not for myself, not for a selfish viewpoint of buying myself an expensive watch. None of that. I just needed to make it to make my kids survive. So I started trying things. I like to describe uh, this process, Drew, uh, in the same way that you describe baseball players, right? Like a baseball player gets on base three out of 10 times. They're a Hall of Famer. They get enshrined in Canton, right? Whatever that place is where the Hall of Fame is at. So in the world of business, in the world of trying to make yourself successful, you're going to fail, 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 succeed. And then fail, 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 fail again. And then succeed is part of it. So I tried things out. Like I said, I got to go. So at that point I said, okay, I got a cell phone. I think I had a BlackBerry in 2013. Uh, around that time, 2012, I had a BlackBerry um, and it was enough for me to start studying the internet and Googling and searching and learning and taking advantage of the information age and looking into opportunities. And I heard from somebody that uh, you can sell your own products on Amazon. Wait a second. So Amazon is not the only one selling their own stuff. I thought it was only Amazon. No, no, no. There's something called private label third party sellers. What, what is that? Oh my God. Right. I want to learn about that. And I started learning about YouTube channels and Facebook profiles and accounts. And it, it just opened up the, my eyes to different markets. And I tried again, the real estate was a disaster. Uh, we tried to flip a house. We got hard money lending, true story, hard money lending, uh, 20%, um, interest, 25%, I think interest over, over one year, flipped the house. Didn't it, it, it it turns out that the house was actually on a, on a, on a point in the city where drugs were being sold. Uh, so we end up losing that. I mean, it was a disaster throughout like the next couple of years until I found something that works and that was a process. And um, fast forward to, to 2022, where we're at, where I'm at right now, Inc. 5,000 company, hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, clients showing up at my doorstep all the time, working with some of the brightest minds. I don't have a marketing degree hanging on the wall. I paid myself to where I'm at today. I created my own path and it's quite powerful. I found my passion along the way. I didn't start working on my passion. I started working on things that I felt had the potential of helping me survive, literally helping me survive and put food at my family's table. And from that, leading to failures and failures and failures, finding one thing, realizing that I was good at it, it working and me seeing results. I'm like, oh my God, I'm passionate. I love this. Let's do it. Let's go. That's how the process evolved. Man, I love that. I love that you started off with poking at the take on passion. I, I, I've, I've said this so many times that I think it's more misleading than it is helpful. Not because it's not true. It's just not true for a lot of people. Like, I think there's a subcategory, a small percentage of people that always knew they wanted to be a doctor or a scientist or something. And then that's helpful. Like, that's your passion. And it also helps that your passion is a marketable skill that makes you money. For other people, it just confuses them and it paralyzes them because they're not quite sure what they're passionate about. And is it even that strong to push through the challenges 
to really make it a reality, right? And so the two takeaways I have from you before we get on to, to marketing is one, harnessing the power of pain. There's a, a quote by Dr. Michael Beckwith that he says, pain will push you until promise pulls you. And so he said, don't wait around for the future promise of your excitement to pull you. He's like, harness the pain that already is there and let it push you. You know, let it push you towards something. And that's the thing that you did well, which is this pain can either crush me or it can motivate me, right? This can either turn into anxiety or excitement. And you let that pain for survival, that, that almost primal need drive you through those early learning curves and through the setbacks and that kind of thing. And then the other is what you said from Seneca. Uh, I, I love Seneca. I love any of the Stoic philosophers. Um, and then there, I heard a, a similar statement from, uh, I can't believe I'm having a brain fart, uh, Jim Collins, who wrote Good to Great and, and those kinds of things. He, he has a concept called who luck. Have you ever heard him talk about that? I haven't. It's a theory, you know, that's all it is. But he said, I have a, I, he said, I have a belief that most people have a similar amount of who luck, meaning you met people that could change your life. And the difference in those that are successful and the difference in those that aren't often is they didn't know what to do with the luck. They either weren't prepared like you were talking about, or they didn't honor, like recognize the instinct or the moment and know how to lean into that. Right. That's right. So they, you might've thought about your dad and go, man, that's really cool what he's doing. And I bet I could help him, but then just move on. And instead you're like, maybe it's lucky that I know him and I could figure out a way to add value to what he's doing and dive in there. And you took advantage of the who luck. Right. And so to me, as, as I listen, I'm always thinking that way, not in terms of take, but in terms of like honor, like I want to honor who I might've just met or honor who's now in my world that I could serve and they might be able to serve me because I don't want to look back and be like, why didn't I at least have a conversation? You know, why didn't I prepare to be able to meet someone of that caliber and be ready? Like you said with Damon John, be ready to actually serve him instead of want to help him, but have no skill set, have no ability to actually move his mission forward. Right. That's right. So those are the two things I take away automatically that are so powerful from your stories. So thank you for sharing that. Um, with the time we have left, though, I'm like, man, I'm a business owner. I need help learning the art and science of capturing attention. I'd love just to start wherever you think it makes start. If you're going to educate us in what some of the things you've learned, some things that we can start applying in, in helping our brand or any company listening to really take advantage of, of capturing attention, where would you start in that conversation? You know, there's a, a sequence of steps that, that anybody could take. And when you skip any of these steps, you are probably going to get in trouble. And they have to be done in the in the sequence because it's just something that it's, I like to describe it as a system. It's like, you know, one, in a system, when one of the steps get taken out, uh, when one of the parts stops working, the entire machine stops working. So you got you to gotta put a system in place when with your own business. So I have accomplished a lot of success in the area of uh, spreading a message, uh, of uh, getting attention, and using the social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and all these platforms that have the potential of helping you reach more people. The first thing that any company needs to do is uh, get crystal clarity on what their message is all about and how their business is going to influence somebody else's life for the good. For the good. Uh, meaning that uh, I also like to describe that as a superpower. What is the one thing that you have that when somebody listens to you, when somebody watches you, is going to help them improve a particular area of their lives? And that's the one thing that drives your content strategies. Because the, the world of social media that we live in today, if you are just posting content that has entitlement because of how great your quality products are, or how amazing your service is and how special you are in comparison to your competitors, that's never going to catch fire on this particular environment. That's We're not living on an infomercial era anymore that um, you can just talk about your offers and products all day long and hopefully it catches fire. So there's a lot of other uh, brands out there, um, maybe agencies that do a better job than what I do on the whole top of the funnel generating sales, uh, 
uh, overall concept. I like to build relationships. My obsession is powerful messages, ability to influence other people, coaching, and um, uh, people that have great content that really educates and inspires others, that entertains other people. And there's a strategy for that. The, the, the main concept is taking your superpower and the information that you have and the ability that you have to make somebody else better, and then just getting that content shared and spread throughout these platforms. The way that we do it here across the, um, the agency is that we create content that is made for YouTube. Like for example, um, seven pieces of content a, a week, one per day, that we call that primary content. And then from that primary content, you create omnipresence and you create a team of editors below you. Uh, that could be like a graphic designer, a video editor, something that we call a content miner, a copywriter. And these people are very easily found today. People that can actually help you get the system incorporated. You have availability of people in the Philippines. You got people in Mexico. You got people all over the world looking for opportunities to work with great brands that pay them more than what their country would pay them. And they are very talented. So you can create a team of people under you that takes your primary content and creates omnipresence and shares your message everywhere. Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, Facebook and Instagram feeds and TikTok and Snapchat and, and Pinterest. These places that allow you to spread a message. You can leverage that because when you build that, you can be in a position similar to where I'm at today a natural slim that we're going to do $50 million in revenue this year without our content creator, our content creator, our founder, our unicorn of content. He passed away in February 25th of 2021. We had a record breaking year without him. And we are going to have another highest ever this particular year because we built a machine, which is so powerful that we could stop advertising today and we'll still bring the revenue coming in. So we don't depend on advertising. We love advertising. We, we are, we going all in, we spend millions of dollars every single month, but we, most of the money that we spend on advertising, we spent it in an aggressive way on branding a brand's personal message, powerful message to make that person better, to make that brand stand above the crowd and to make them different from everybody else. Because if they actually have a powerful message, if they are actually making other people better, people don't even think about who they should hire for whatever the offer is. They go to you because they feel indebted to you. They feel that, why are they going to go and look somewhere else? Because you have been providing value. You have been educating them. You have been inspiring them. And because of that, they give you business. So this particular journey is really powerful and it's a lot more affordable because long-term is also how you build a legacy and people stick with you even beyond a body. They keep on going with you because you were able to put a lot of content, educate, inspire, and capture the attention of the masses in general. So we, we try to incorporate that as a general concept strategy is just to spread your message far and wide. I, that's so good, especially the, well, all of it, but my, my attention is right there at the step one, the clarity of message and value to the customers. That, that is often the hardest part, I think, for brands, for creatives to simplify or to get that succinct and knowing, no, what is the specific message, almost point of view and value that I'm expecting to be able to deliver to my customers. Uh, that's huge. When would someone, when would someone seek to do this themselves versus seek out your company for help? So, um, so for somebody like Dr. Berg, for example, uh, that we, we manage all his social media channels, we publish 1400 times a month for him. So we take 28 pieces of content, primary content, and we turn that into 1400 publications. And that is basically like uh, every single placement that we believe that Dr. Berg has an audience. So from podcasts to uh, Facebook reels, Instagram reels, Facebook stories, Instagram stories, feed, Instagram TV, um, uh, YouTube, YouTube community. I mean, all these different placements that do have attention or the potential to capture attention, we post on them every single day, dozens of times, every single day. They add up to thousands of posts every single month. Doing that is very costly. So if you're not at the, at the level that Dr. Berg is at, you need to build this machine yourself internally. Let's say that you have a company that's already doing 
several million dollars in revenue a year, you can be comfortable with creating primary content and hiring a company like us. But if you are maybe at half a million dollars in revenue a year, and you're just getting off the ground, and right now for you, $10,000 a month is a big investment, uh, then you're not, you're not really ready for a marketing service like what we do over here. You need to build this system in-house before you go out there. The good news is that um, it's, technology has made things easier, and you can build these things in-house while you get to a point in which you want to bring in a company like us that has a lot of intellectual property that might take things to the next level for your brand. And, but you got to know that these companies, they cost money. The ones that know what they're doing, the ones that really have, they're not just talking about things. They're walking things. Like my, when you come to AGM Marketing, which is my company, you know that we are doers. We're walkers. We are people that are doing successful things ourselves. We're generating billions of views and hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue every single year. One of those brands, which is our biggest client, is Natural Slim, which is my brand. So when you come to a company like us, which is something that I would suggest before you guys hire an agency, is make sure that whoever you're hiring is actually walking that talk themselves. They're not just talking about how amazing they are. They can show you how amazing they are with their own results. That's going to be essential. But regardless of where, wherever you are at, if you're just getting started, you need to build this machine yourself. And we have incredible technology today that we can press a few buttons and reach the masses ourselves. So, so just so you, so you know where the advertising comes in here, if you are a small organization and you're basically just getting, getting started and you have some revenue, you're selling some products, whether that's info products or you're some e-commerce going on, or you're trying to scale your business or your service and you're just getting going, there's, there's a natural path to being successful in this area. And it doesn't require that you spend a lot of money at first. Uh, and you should be leveraging every single organic opportunity out there available. Every single one of those. And then you take an advertising budget that you can afford. I recommend something small. For example, anywhere from 10 to 14% of your overall revenue you can put into advertising because cash is oxygen. So you don't want to get rid of your cash. So you take a little bit of that cash and you put it into advertising your best performing content. When you post things on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram and they do better than other things, that is your best survey point right there. You can take some of that content and put some more money so you can reach new people because organic reach will have limits. So ads on TikTok right now are a reality. You can go to ads.tiktok.com. And uh, the good thing is that for anybody that has run some ads on Facebook before, they have literally plagiarized the Facebook business manager and they have the same naming conventions and campaigns and objectives. And uh, instead of ad sets, they call them ad groups. And it's incredible. It's, it's a very familiar platform. So you can take some of your best content and you can advertise it. And that's, that can help you build audiences. So if you, if you see like how this thing starts forming, so number one, superpower, right? You got to figure out what your superpower is. What is that thing that you do that's going to make somebody else better? If you don't have one, make sure you figure out which one is it going to be? Because in the social media world, you got to have an ability to make somebody else better with your information. And if you don't, it's going to be very difficult for you to capture attention. So number one, figure that out. Number two, get your content going. As you get your content going and you get your posting routine in place, don't worry about the how many people are watching, how many views, how many clicks, how many likes, how many comments. Don't worry about that just yet. Worry about yourself getting better and stronger and feeling more confident. Worrying about, uh, about making that a process for yourself to improve yourself along the way. Step number three, you can now start, start taking some of that content and boosting it and advertising it so you can reach more people. And then you can start forming, forming audiences. And from those audiences, as you build them and you got people that are consuming your content, they like what you're doing, they like what you're saying, you can now go into another step of that journey in which you can create offers. You can create lead magnets. You can promote resources and say, hey, I want to thank you for following my content. Instead of randomly being like, you should follow me because I'm great and I'm better than everybody else. And you should download this because I'm going to teach you the seven steps so you can kill it on social media. 
They don't know who the heck you are. And there's another 1,478 billion people like you trying to do the same thing. Instead of that, you can create this particular journey that by step number five, you can be like, I hope that you've been enjoying the content. Um, I know that you watched some of my videos. Uh, thank you for watching. By the way, I do have this thing that I want to talk to you about. If you're interested, go ahead and opt in below and I'm going to give you more information. And from that, you start building a journey with these people now on your world. Social media is not the end all. Social media is a starting point. It's how you start bringing people into a journey that goes deeper than the social media platforms. And now text messaging and email and messenger marketing, any of those things so you can keep on connecting with these people that lead towards them wanting to buy your products and services and now having repetition of customers along the way. And you rinse and repeat this all over and you got something that works. I know it sounds easy, but it is a lot of work and it is doable. And if you get the system going, you can accomplish it if you have a good business that has a great message and great products and services. I love that. And I want to just ask one question that might be in the psychology hang up of somebody that isn't taking that step yet. I know I've felt this at times as, as a content creator, I feel this way at times because I've not done it regularly. I've always known I need to, and I've thought for a while, why don't I do it regularly? When I do, it goes really well, but then I don't. Some of the thought is I'm too late, that it's almost like these channels are already inundated. I'll even, no matter how good it is, it'll never stand out. You know, there's a thousand other people doing what I'm doing. What would you say to someone that feels like it's too late and it's just such a crowded space that they'll never be able to even grow an audience or make a difference? Oh man, I wish I could, I could be sharing things with you on the screen over here so you can see what's happening right now. Um, right now, 2022, as we are recording this, I am seeing some of the greatest opportunities to go viral and scale that I have ever seen in my 10-year digital marketing career. And I am not saying that lightly, and I haven't said that before in a long time. Uh, I'm talking about going through, again, an era similar to what we went through in 2012-13, in which you could post organically on Facebook and catch fire, just like that. You were able to build Facebook groups in no time to hundreds of thousands of people. Right now, there is a massive opportunity going on with organic content, and that's something for another podcast, uh, and it's not the traditional organic content. Facebook newsfeed, Instagram newsfeed, stories on Instagram, Facebook stories, uh, YouTube content itself, it's not going to do much for you. That's not where the growth is at. Right now, if you're not seeing it, you should start paying attention to it. Instagram Reels, Facebook Reels, you got it right, Facebook Reels, and TikTok are catching serious, serious fire for some brands. And all you got to do is know some basics on how to get some editing done. I can tell you one thing, the less edited stuff is, the more it catches fire. These platforms right now don't require anything fancy. You can actually just get a video that's one minute in length, cut it at the right places, have an intro slide for two or three seconds so somebody knows what they're going to get if they decide to stick around and watch that video. Add a couple of hashtags. Don't even have to worry about thumbnails. I'm telling you, simple as that. And things are catching fire right now if your content is good in a big way. You got to do it wow. consistently. You got to do it consistently. But um, if you guys want to see an example, uh, just so you know, because I, like I said, I'm not a uh, talker only. I'm a walker. Uh, any of you guys that are interested to see, uh, I have an internet, a brand called Natural Slam uh, that we co-founded in around that time in which I was going bankrupt and I was building myself up again from scratch. We started this company called Natural Slam while I was still trying to figure out some other things. So we did eventually go international and we're in nine countries right now. Uh, like I said, in, in internationally, we did $75 million last year. This year, we're going to be close to $100 million in revenue. Just the U.S., we're going to do $50 million in revenue. But to give you an example, we had a lot of channels that we created um, over the years. About 35 days ago, we created a TikTok channel on, um, for Natural Slim United States. It's called U.S dot natural slim the channel went uh from zero to 155,000 subscribers as of right now uh in a matter of 35 days 
we have another one that we created a few months ago called Metabolismo TV. 1.2 million followers. TikTok, Facebook Reels. Facebook Reels, uh, we have a page that you guys can check out. Facebook.com forward slash Natural Slim US. Natural Slim US. You can check out the page there. The page went from 300,000 followers to 1.3 million followers just by tripling down on our Facebook Reels strategy. And we have reels that are taking off in, in a way that I've never seen before. And I'm talking about 30 million views, 6 million views, 25 million views, 2 million, 5 million, 6 million. I mean, it's insanity all over again right now. So what I'm talking about right now is not something that I'm just talking about because I'm excited about. I'm talking about it because it's an opportunity right now. And you guys should be even paying to be a part of this podcast so you can listen to this opportunity because it's that freaking massive that all you got to do is get some action in place and you will see it. I'm even giving you the profile pages so you can see that I'm not BSing you. So you guys can go check it out for yourself. We don't even advertise. This is massive organic reach. Now you might be asking yourself, okay, Manuel, but why is that valuable? Just, is it a vanity metric? Because you just want a lot of followers. Well, no, listen to this. I've, I've talked about the strategy, right? So number one is providing content, figuring out a superpower. Number two, your content, distribution of that content. And then what? You start building audiences. So whenever I get a new follower on Facebook, any new follower, or whenever somebody watches a video on Instagram, Reels, or whenever somebody consumes a piece of content on TikTok, I am building audiences while branding. And these audiences that I'm building are giving me warm buckets of massive amounts of people that I can bring into my next offers. So if you ask me, how am I scaling an, an organization that's going to do $100 million this year? How am I able to create massive expansion without our content creators still today? We're taking his content that has 2,000 videos that he created over his lifetime. We're taking that content and we're making it into vertical content, the same content that was horizontal. We're making it into vertical content. We're cutting it at the right places. We're doing massive distribution. We're building audiences. We present offers to come into our world. We present offers to buy our products, to buy into our services. And now we scale. It's magical, but you got to put the work in place. And the opportunities that we have right now in 2022, I don't know how long they will be around. The reason why they exist right now the reason why Facebook and Instagram are giving that ridiculous organic reach that we haven't had since 2013 is one thing only, and it's called TikTok. Unfortunately for, for Facebook, and fortunately for us, Facebook is not the only attention-grabbing social media anymore, dominating. TikTok took a big share of that. They got over a billion users on the platform. They became a threat. Facebook tried to buy them out. They failed at buying them out. TikTok kept on rolling, steamrolling, I, I should say, and they have stolen a lot of the attention because the virality of the platform has not been seen in a long time. So because of that virality, Facebook and Instagram had no choice but to create a similar content consumption form, which we call Reels. And uh, it was a, an exact copy of what um, TikTok was doing, just like uh, Instagram stole the Snapchat stories and they did Instagram stories. They stole the TikTok concept and they did Instagram and Facebook reels and they have no choice right now, but to push that content and make it go viral because otherwise if they don't make it go viral, guys, it's just common sense. People are going to be like, why am I keep on putting energy? Why am I going to keep on putting energy on Facebook and Instagram when I can just go to TikTok and get attention? You know what? Dump it. But now they said, you know what? We're going to teach. We're going to, we're going we're gonna to steal some of that attention back by making organic reach a thing again on Facebook and Instagram. And they have successfully made massive organic reach a thing in present time. And again, that hasn't happened in a very long freaking time in many, many years. So the opportunity right now in 2022 goes beyond what we've had in the last seven or eight years. And that's something that I can urge you guys to take advantage of and just gotta get work, gotta get, gotta get to work on it. For sure. I am so glad I asked that question. You have changed my mind. Like you have changed my mind. And just so you know, I have an entire sheet of notes that I'm taking, uh, to take advantage of the step-by-step -step advice you're giving, 
uh, for, for content creators and smaller companies like ours. Uh, so if you're listening to this, go back and take those notes. That was absolute gold that he just gave us. So Manuel, thank you for opening up the chest of wisdom and sharing it with us. Um, that is, that's going to, that, I think that riff that you just went on is going to make a lot of people, a lot of money, uh, who are listening to this. So thank you. Hopefully. for that. I'm definitely hoping that some of you guys get, get into action because I know a lot of you have great messages and great content and all you got to get is in front of more people. That's all you got to do. Yes. I think what, what scares me and what scares a lot of people is to be the best thing that no one's ever heard of. Right. Exactly. I mean, think exactly. about your dad. If, if, if he had gone to the grave with all that information just kept to himself or only a small subset of people that ever heard about him and what he could do for their life and their weight or whatever, uh, he would have remained the best thing that nobody ever heard of. Right. Hey, listen, some of the brightest minds in the world have never been discovered because they didn't figure out distribution. Wow. So mm -hmm. true. All right, my friend, I want to make the most of your time. We're coming up here on the end of our time together. So I want to just skip to our lightning round questions. So these are just five questions. Quick answer. First thing that comes to mind that we've asked every founder on the podcast. So question number one is if you could ingrain one message into your entire organization, almost like a billboard inside of AGM, what would that message be to your people? You control your own destiny and your own income. Let's go. Number two. What's the single best advice you've ever gotten about growing your business? And what was the worst? <laughs> so, um, by the way, I, I, I wasn't prepared for these questions ahead of time. Sometimes people get prepared. They're truly uh, lightning round. That lightning round. So, so I think that the same quote that I just said right now, uh, it's, um, it's very applicable to this. My, my best advice has been uh, that I received. I had a lot of great mentors. Uh, I would say most definitely is, uh, that I can determine whether my business expands or not. It's in my hands. So that responsibility over growth in the organization is in my hands. Um, and I don't depend on the economy. I don't depend on the president. I don't depend on elections being rigged or not being rigged. I don't depend on anything except uh, what I decide to pay for my own wave. And I think uh, the worst advice could be um, that I need to stop um, educating people that I need to stop creating content and providing value. Uh, specifically, I would say that the worst advice that I've ever give, uh, uh, received is that I'm giving away too much information for free. Boom. That's it. Worst advice ever. There's no such thing. It doesn't exist. Wow. Wow. All right. Number three, this one is, this question is kind of targeted for our other founders out there listening. So what is, currently cause, what is currently causing you the most stress or worry as the leader of your organization? Uh, the, uh, that, I would have had a different question, um, different answer to this question a couple of weeks ago. I can tell you that I, I'll use that because I think it's a, it's a, it's a great um, answer for this question. I just fixed it right now and I can tell you briefly how I fixed it. But my concern over the last several months has been company culture, company culture meaning getting everybody on the same page and getting everybody willing to lift the organization and lift with it. Um, again, the whole message of controlling their own income is something that I like to establish in the organization, meaning that if people provide value to the organization, they have unlimited growth in this organization. They control their own income. So building a company culture has been something that I have lost sleep over. Having people that have you like to describe them as uh, clock punchers uh, has been a big concern. My solution for that was non-compete agreements. Some people left the organization because they obviously were not on board and some people decided to go all in. About 90% of the people decided to go all in. And that's how I solved it uh, in regards to, to uh, the marketing company that I have over here on my side. So getting people on the same page is probably something that is so massive in your organization. Getting people yeah. to jump on board. You never have to require people to work as hard as you as a founder, but definitely getting them to be on the same page is an absolute requirement. Absolutely. Okay. Number four, what's the big goal for this? Where, what's the big, hairy, audacious goal for where you see this company going? So I got two major companies uh, that I'm pushing. One of them is pretty big already, which is a natural slim company. I'm shooting for a billion dollars in revenue in the next seven to 10 years. Uh, we've got a great business, so we're going to keep on pushing on that. And my marketing organization, I'm, doing, I'm shooting for $100 million in revenue over the last 10 years, the next wow. 10 years. Let's go. All right, number five is a fun, creative question. So we call this back to the future. 
If you get to hop into a DeLorean, you get to go back to your past and deliver one message to the younger you. When would you go back in your past, and what message would you pass along to that younger version of yourself? Um, I would go back to when I was 21 years old. And I was, that's a great question, by the way. And um, I, would, I would say to myself that um, I need to stop wasting time because um, there's a lot of opportunities in the world. And uh, I don't need to be focusing on creating opportunities. I need to be focusing on writing existing opportunities. Sometimes people get too focused on building the next big thing or creating a new app or building a new this or a new that instead of just what are the opportunities present today? Let me just jump on top of them. So at the age of 21, I would probably say to myself that I need to go all in on studying and making myself better increasing my own skill, stop wasting time on video games and binge watching television shows. And I need to figure out what opportunities are available because in, instead of starting at the age of 30, 31, I should have started at the age of 21. So I would have had a, a decade more to grow and get myself to a whole new level uh, as an individual because I'm not, I'm not just in the business of, I've lost a lot of valuable people over the last several years. So life has come, has come into a lot of perspective. I'm not into just making money. I'm, I'm into building legacy, something that just goes beyond this body. So the earlier that you start, the stronger your legacy will be beyond your body. So start as early as possible. I love it. Well, Manuel, this has been one of my favorite podcasts of the year. So thank you Appreciate so much that. for sharing your story, for sharing your wisdom, and even getting as specific and applicable as you did. Uh, around content and, and grabbing attention. So this has been incredible. Thank you for your time, my friend. It's been a pleasure. Hope that you guys go out there and kill that and start executing for sure. Absolutely. Founders, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.